Hi, and welcome to the Confessions of a Homeschooler podcast. I am your host, Erica Arndt. In these podcasts, I'll be sharing all of my favorite homeschooling, organizational, and parenting tips, and answering your questions as well. Hi, and welcome back to today's podcast. In the last episode, we talked about what we do for the summer. And for our family, we like to take the summers off and we just spend them enjoying um, the time, going outside, relaxing, playing at the pool, things like that. I also said that I use that time to get all of my curriculum gathered and do all of my lesson planning for the upcoming year. So today I'm going to go ahead and share a little bit more detail about how I do lesson planning. Now, I do want to mention that all of this is also available on my website. So just stop by confessionsofahomeschooler.com and then on that front page, you'll see a new to homeschooling tab. If you click that, there will be links to all of the steps that I go through for getting started homeschooling and gathering curriculum and lesson planning and all of those kinds of things. So let's go ahead and just jump right in. So hopefully at this point um, you have all your curriculum received. If you haven't yet, you definitely want to kind of get on that. I should have all of my in, mine in. I think I'm waiting on one thing. And then also since we're in the middle of COVID, we are kind of also hanging and waiting out a little bit to see what our local school district is going to do because we do usually participate in an options program. We are not sure how that is going to play out in the fall. So so for the most part, I have all of my curriculum here in hand, ready to be planned, um, but I do have a couple things that I may have to order last minute um, that we just normally wouldn't be having to deal with if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, but we are, so we are just trying to kind of go with the flow. Um, but anyways, once my curriculum is all chosen and purchased and here, now it's time to start planning. And I usually like to plan out my entire year at a time. I know that might seem a little bit overwhelming. And of course, you do whatever works better for you. Just in my experience, I have found that once the school year gets going, it can get really hectic and we've got, we're usually running a lot of places. We have four kids and so I don't have a whole lot of time in the evenings or on the weekends to sit down and try and plan out my next week or, you know, even the next month or so. It's really a lot easier for me if it's just already planned. And then if something comes up, it's not a big deal for us to move something around or reschedule a little bit. Um, but at least I have my plans kind of already done. And not only that, but once the school year gets going, it is kind of exhausting. And so the last thing I want to do is spend my evenings planning for the next day or the next week. So I just kind of do it all at once over the summer so that when the school year starts, I'm pretty much ready to go. So let's talk about how I do that. So once my curriculum is all in, I put it in piles, one for each of my kids, and then I will usually flip through my teacher's manuals just to kind of get a feeling of what that's going to look like. If it's something I've used before, I might skip this step, but if you're new, I do suggest just flipping through there, kind of seeing how it's laid out so that you sort of know what to expect as you're going through and starting to plan. Um, you don't want to spend a whole lot of time doing that, but just flipping through, getting an overall you know, viewpoint of kind of how it works. So how I like to plan is usually starting off with one student and one subject at a time, and then I'll move on to the next subject and the next until I've gone through all the subjects for that student, and then at that point, I will move on to my next child, and I'll go through all their subjects and then the next one and so on. You might also find it makes more sense to do one subject at a at a time and do that for each one of your kids. Um, just whatever makes more sense to you, especially if I have two of my kids that are going to be doing the same thing, I will for sure plan that out for them at the same 
time and enter all of that information at the same time. That way my mind is kind of focused on that one thing and it's a little bit easier. So I do mix it up a little bit, but for the most part, I find it's easiest just to go through one kit at a time and just add all of their stuff in. So how I kind of do that is I start off and I usually print off a calendar and I do have um, annual calendars available on my website as well. So you'll want to check those. Um, but I just print those out. I highlight kind of our stop and start dates and then I highlight any school holidays or vacation days we're going to want to take or if I know that one of our, my kids or us have a special event coming up I'll make sure to mark that on there. Now we tend to follow kind of a more traditional August to May type of school year. You of course can homeschool year round or whatever you want to do, um, but I do like to suggest that you have a stop and start point. That way you can kind of just keep each year organized into itself and of course you can do whatever works best for your family, but that just works out best for us. So I just like to get an overall view of what our year is going to look like. The next thing I do, so step number two if you will, is to determine just a basic daily schedule. So I kind of figure out how much each of our how much time each of our subjects are going to take and I list all of my subjects down how long it should take for each one of my kids and if there's anything where we can alternate so maybe you might be doing science Monday and Wednesday and history Tuesday and Thursday or art or music you know those might not be a daily um, activity so just write down next to each one of your subjects how often they're going to be done and about how long that they should take. And I even like to write them down on kind of a daily schedule. I'm sure you've seen those on my website. If you haven't, you can um, definitely get those. Um, but it basically says, okay, from about 9 to 10, we're going to be working on math. From 10 to 10.30, we might be doing reading and so on. And that helps me figure out how many subjects I've kind of loaded onto one day so that I can make sure that their schedule isn't super overwhelming or super easy. Um, I want to kind of try and keep everything balanced out. It also lets me see how much time we have available for things like extracurricular activities. And that just kind of helps give you an overall view of what your day is going to look like about how long it's going to take you to get through a day like what you can kind of expect and just give everybody kind of a sense of like this is what it's going to look like now I don't hold my kids to that schedule so if someone finishes in less time that I have allotted on their schedule I don't make them sit there and wait for like 10 minutes before they move on we kind of just go through something when they're done they move on to their next subject and so on I don't hold them to like a formal schedule but I do like to have it written out just so that I can see and also so that I can make sure that we're getting in our required amount of hours each day as well. That way at the end of the year, I'm not confronted with a, oh my goodness, why didn't we get enough hours in? What are we going to do to make that up? Because we're basically done with school. So I try and kind of get everything organized at the beginning of the year. That way at the end of the year, I'm not hustling to try and make up something. Um, the third step is to just list all of our extracurricular activities. So we have four kids, so we have a lot of things that they want to be doing. And we just do not um, say yes to everything because we simply can't. I can't be in one place or more than one place at a time. And I do kind of run people from place to place and back and forth. Um, but obviously, I don't want to be completely overwhelmed as well. So we just use that schedule and then we figure out how much we feel like they can realistically do, what kind of works for everybody. And, you know, you can write down everything they want and then you may have to pick and choose off there. But it helps to have it all written down so you can kind of see what you want to be doing and what you can realistically be doing. 
And then once we kind of have that overview done, the next step is to go ahead and start adding your lessons into some kind of a planner. Now, I'm a planner girl, so I like to do this step. I do have friends who totally skip this and they just open up their teacher's manuals every day and do what it says and they don't really worry about planning ahead. And if that is you, more power to you. You do you. Um, I'm a planner and so I kind of like to have things written out and know what's coming. That way if I have supplies I need to get, I can get those. And then the other thing too is I print out a student planner for my kiddos and then they know what they have to do every day as well. So we're all kind of on the same page um, and that way they're not forgetting things or I'm not forgetting things. So I don't know. I'm a proponent of planners, but you're welcome to do however you would like to do it. So step one for me is to choose my planner. Now I do have several options available for you to check out on my website. So there are paper planners. Um, you know, a lot of people, I have a lot of friends who still love paper planners and they like having everything written out where they can open it up and see it. I myself like to do um, an online type of planner and I do have a couple recommendations for that on my blog as well. And I will put them in the show notes below this episode too but you can really do whatever works best for you. So for mine, like I said, I do a software and there's lots of free software out there. There's paid software. Like I said, I have links for you and I'll have some below this um, podcast as well. But I go ahead and start by adding in those beginning stop and start dates on my calendar that I mentioned I'd already kind of outlined. Then I go in and add in all my holidays so that those days are kind of already like grayed out on my planner basically so that when I go to add things in, I don't accidentally add something in on a holiday or something like that. And so I usually start with one student and one subject and I just do that one subject and I sit there and add them in. Lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, lesson four. Now the software that I use actually does it for you. So I kind of can create, like say I have 170 math lessons. I can kind of create those all at once and then just assign those out to one of my kids and it will actually auto-populate the planner for me and it'll skip all of my holidays and everything. So that makes it actually really fast and really nice. One thing that I don't do is try and rewrite my planner into my planner, if that makes sense. So I don't take the teacher's manual I get from my vendor and try and rewrite all that information in my planner. I keep it really simple as, like I said, I do like lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, and I just kind of, so that I know what lessons we're on on a daily basis, but then I keep my actual teacher's manuals open and accessible to me while I am teaching. So I can open up to that page and see what we have to do for lesson one. Now I do flip through those as I'm planning so that if there's something that I need to get, some supplies or a book or something like that, I will make that note in my um, planner so that I can be ahead of the game there and I can take a look at it and say, oh, we need this book for this week and all of that. But I'm not going to go through and write down step by step what my teacher's manual already says, because that just seems like a waste of time for me anyways. And it's already written in the teacher's manual. So I don't feel like I need to duplicate that information if that makes sense. The other thing I like to do when I'm adding those lessons into my planner and your teacher's manual should give you this information as well is to put in about how much time we can expect to spend on each lesson. And I also usually note that when I'm writing down my, um, daily schedule like I kind of mentioned previously and you usually can just flip through your teacher's manual and in the front it'll say you should spend about 20 to 30 minutes per lesson you know these days might take longer stuff like that that way you can kind of have a general guideline I do have guidelines as well Um, I have daily schedules that are free and downloadable from my website for each grade so you can kind of see how long most of the subjects should take that of course is going to vary based on the curriculum you're using how old your kids are and you know 
a lot of times we spend more time on one thing than it, it says we will, but that's just because we're into it and we're wanting to learn more about that. Sometimes we get through stuff faster, so I don't worry about that. I just add that into my planner so I can make sure we're meeting our time requirements for the year. So I just open up my planning software and I go ahead and start entering them in one lesson at a time. I will put information in the notes section like for my kids. So example, if they're supposed to be reading this book pages one through 15, I'll go ahead and put that in there so that when I print out their planner, they know which pages they're going to read. So I do take time to do certain notes and things like that that are gonna help both me and my kiddos out while we are doing our school year. But if it's something like an experiment with lots of instructions or something, I might type in there, oh, we're going to do a bean experiment today, see the teacher's manual. And then I know like, okay, I'm going to go over here for the instructions because it's already written out. I don't want to rewrite it. But I do know that we are doing this bean experiment today. So you can, of course, experiment putting in as little or as much information as you would like to in your own plans. That's just kind of how I do it. I like to I like to go with the philosophy that less is more in my planner. Um, so I just put the basics of what we're doing that day. And then if there's any specifics, I just write CTM. And I know that means I need to look in my teacher's manual. That saves time for me. And it's already in my teacher's manual. So no need to recreate the wheel there. So once I've gone through and added lessons for each of my students, one subject at a time, and I get through all of my kiddos, then I go ahead and enter in. I usually do our core classes first and then our electives next, but like I said, you can do it however you want. The next thing that I do is I go in and I plan out crafts and field trips and any extra kind of reading or fun things that I'd like to add into those lessons. So if I'm going to be adding in some lap books here and there to kind of enhance one of my studies, I'll go back through and do that. Um, and that way I can kind of spread them out. So we're doing some fun hands-on activities throughout the year, but they're not all like at once. And I don't just straight up forget to do them. I have had years where I realized kind of towards the end of the year, like, man, we haven't done any field trips. I totally forgot to plan those in. And you'd be surprised at how fast the year kind of, once the ball starts rolling, it's just like this whirlwind of activities and you can kind of forget to do some of that fun stuff. And so as a homeschooling family, that's one of the things I love about homeschooling. I love being able to go places and experience things and see things. And if I don't put them in my planner, they more often than not don't happen. So while I'm doing my planning, I really do like to add those in and especially fun things like crafts. You know, you want to make sure that you have your supplies or recipe ingredients or any of that kind of thing on hand so that when that craft comes up, you can actually do it because it's no fun if you don't have the supplies and then it's really easy to be like, oh, we'll just skip that and we'll do the next one. So I do like to go and make sure that I have any extra crafts or lap book units or field trips or anything like that added in when I'm doing my main plan. I like to kind of sprinkle them out throughout the year so that we don't feel like we're just sitting at our desk, you know, being bored all the time. And the way I see it, a little bit of preparation now over the summer can really take a lot of stress out of my homeschooling once the year actually starts. Imagine running a race without knowing where the finish line is. If you've taken time to plan ahead and you're already familiar with what you're doing, you know where the finish line is and what it's going to take you to get there, right? When you know when it's okay to take a day off here or there or when you really can't because you kind of need to make a deadline. You won't be unprepared for your crafts or your projects and you'll actually have more time to include more fun things in your day. So you can kind of relax and just enjoy the year knowing that it's planned out for you. The next step is I just always go back and recheck my plans. I've kind of print out a few days, make sure that it looks like everything is okay and what I had kind of intended because especially when you're using a software, 
sometimes that stuff can get, you can forget something, you know, or whatever. It's a little bit harder to see than if it's on like a written planner. So I just make sure everything looks okay before I actually print it off for us. And then, especially because I'm using a software, I always back up my plans because I have had a year where I lost all my plans and that was a huge bummer. And I definitely have backed up ever since then because it was devastating to, whole, to lose a whole year of lesson plans. So if a computer crashes or if some software, you know, glitches out or whatever, you definitely want to be backing up those plans. Um, and then the last step really is just to put your plans into action. So I print out um, daily assignment sheets for all of my kids. They each have their assignments for the whole year. And then I spiral bind them at just a local office supply store. And then they have their assignment list and I have their assignment list as well. And then as they go through their day, they just check off all of their stuff. They know they got it all done. I know they got it all done. And we can just kind of cruise through our year. Now, I did just talk a lot about planning out your entire year all at once over the summer, which is exactly what I do, but please keep in mind that homeschooling is usually very fluid. Some of our days look perfect, just like I laid them out on the calendar. Some definitely do not, and I just kind of try and roll with the um, waves as we go throughout our year. I do try and make sure that we stay on track and that we're not getting too far behind, but I also try and remain flexible for the year in case something comes up that's unexpected, which it almost always does. So maybe somebody gets sick or maybe the museum has something really cool that we want to go see, but I didn't plan that in because I didn't know it was coming. And so I like to try and stay flexible with my schedule. I just use it as our kind of baseline. But if something cool comes up, we're going to take the day off and go check it out at the museum because I think it's a lot more fun and interesting to learn that way than to just be sitting at a desk all day. So just try and remember to be flexible, but I do like to plan out my whole year so that we can kind of be on cruise control once the year starts. And then the last step is to just sit back and rest and enjoy the rest of your summer until you're ready to start school because everything's all planned out and ready to go. Um, we do have the kids put all their curriculum in their drawers and get everything all set up and ready and we do that over the summer. That way when it's time to start day one, we're pretty much ready to go and we can just start whenever. Um, and that takes a lot of the stress off the beginning of the year in my opinion, um, just having everything ready to go. So that's kind of how we do it. If you have any tips or um, ideas for that, please make sure to stop by my blog or send me an email and I'll try and either include it in an upcoming podcast or add it to maybe an upcoming blog post or something like that. I always love hearing how you guys uh, schedule your days and your years and just how it rolls because I know that all homeschool families are different and that's the beauty of homeschooling. We can kind of tailor our experience to fit our family's needs best. So that's how we do it here over at the Confessions household. I hope that helped some of you guys out. Like I mentioned, all of this information is also available on my website. If you can go to confessionsofahomeschooler.com, you can find all of that info there. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you have any ideas for upcoming podcasts, make sure to send them my way. You can send an email to podcast at confessionsofahomeschooler.com. I would be happy to add your ideas in and do another podcast because chances are if you have a question, lots of other people have that same question. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed it and I will see you next time.